Welcome to Fear the Walking Prequel, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 5. It's called Captive. It aired on May 8th. Of course, we know why it was called Captive. We know why it was called Captive, because suddenly the hunted become the hunters. And they're no longer captives, and they're going to get the other captives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, um, well, I mean, you know, we read. changed some roles. Yeah. Several times, really, during the whole thing. They were captives last, um, last episode, and then this episode suddenly reads captive, and. And then reads really a captive. Mm, how so? Well, when he dies and he's a zombie, mm. he's like captive inside his body. Okay. Okay. Kind of, and then kind of like we all are all the time. <laughs> and then pregnant girl becomes she becomes captive, a captive when she tries to. Yeah, she tries to start wrestling with Alicia, which was a bad move because I think Alicia had had enough of pregnant girl eating her steak and being mean. Yeah, you can't can't be eating Alicia's steak. You can't, but. Pregnant girl ain't going to sit and watch somebody else eat a lot of steak if she hadn't gotten any steak. Pregnant girl had a bad attitude from the get-go. Pregnant girl was a little bitter. Did you notice how Connor and Reed look related? I mean, they look alike in the face. Really? Yeah, they were cast pretty perfectly to be brothers, I thought. Reed is Jesse McCartney. Yeah, Do you know who that is? They keep saying that, and I have no idea who Jesse McCartney is. When the girls is. were younger. I know who Michael Jackson is. I know okay. Who, I know who Prince is. Okay. I know yeah. who Paul McCartney is. Jesse McCartney. Um, is he related to Paul McCartney? Well, now i got to look. You had to ask. <laughs> Somebody says, is Paul McCartney Jesse McCartney's grandfather? Grandfather? Yeah. Hmm. No. Jesse McCartney and Paul McCartney are not related in any way. They just have the same last name. But he's a he, he was a singer, and he was like a singer that was really, really popular when the girls were younger for that particular age, you know, one of those like heartthrob kind of singers. He was a teen idol, in other words. I suppose. I suppose that's what you'd call him, yeah. Remember we had the uh, teen idol to teen idol magazines when we were kids, you know, Tiger Beat and... Oh my gosh, how'd you know those? I Did didn't. guys look at those? No. Well, I didn't know. No, of course not. Well, I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> no. some guys might have, but we didn't. <laughs> I remember those. I love those things. It wasn't when you were a teen. You kind of looked at those when you were a tween. You know, 10, 11, something like that. That's how I a remember tween? that. Yeah, they call it a tween. You're between mm. being a child and a teen. Mm. They call it the tweens. You, you've never heard that? I've never heard that. That's goodness. So what did you think about this episode? I think I'm a tween. Are you a tween? I'm between working and Social Security... <laughs> I'm a tween. Um, I thought it was uh, a pretty good way to get everybody back. I mean, it was you know, I thought I thought they put it together pretty good. I care about these people a little bit. I'm like to get invested in the characters. Obviously, it's why you want to watch continuing shows. Well, yeah, you like good character development, but. 
I just did not like this episode. I don't want to be negative, but I just really didn't like well, the episode. Well, I tried to be positive, but there were some problems here, and we'll talk about those. Yeah, felt like, I don't know, it was not, I don't know. These people are not going to, I don't think, in this situation, from everything that they've shown us so far, they're not going to be able to go out and be like the bad guys on the water. They're not going to be able to go out and take back their people from the from the the pirates of Zombie Land or whatever those other guys are who well, the, are used to the fight and used well, to. Well, the, are they are they that are they that advanced and used to the fight? Because this is still all relatively new. I think. The so-called Pirates of the Zombie Land, Connor's group, I think is, is who you're referring to, are not really that really proficient in their pirating skills yet. I mean, maybe they've done it a couple of times, but they they look kind of kind of loose and easy about their their procedures. They didn't they didn't have a whole lot of uh, they didn't have a whole lot on the ball. I don't disagree with you, but they do have a system down of screwing people over from what it looks like. They had like. a system down of acquiring ships. So they've done this before. Yeah. And our people are the good people. That's how we're supposed to look at them, I think, for the most part anyway, even though they've done some things that would certainly make you think otherwise. But I think we're supposed to look at our people as the good people. They're the people who don't want to take from other people. They just don't want other people compromising them. Yeah, they just want to get through the situation, yeah, peacefully. Right. But I would think that people who have had a history of taking from other people and the struggles of all that would have been much better equipped to have dealt with the crew of the Abigail, except for Luis. But he didn't show us any fight this on this episode. No. Now, Luis was a fighter, remember? I mean, he was like a sniper from 300 yards in a moving Zodiac yeah, bobbing with up the and waves down the water. crashing right. Yeah, which, two uh, shots, yeah, two, two shot. head kills. Yeah. He, so, yeah two, those two shots, any Navy SEAL would be proud of. Right. So, if he had been the one doing this stuff, then it would have been a whole lot more believable to me. If he had been the one fighting to get him back... Just, I, I don't know, it just fell flat to me. This this episode fell flat. The stuff they were trying to show us felt inauthentic. Yeah. Um, I don't want to color the way you feel. You feel how you feel. But it just felt over the top and inauthentic to me this time. And it, I, I just, it just might be my mood. It may have nothing to do with them. Yeah, maybe a little too convenient how everything just kind of... Yeah. Perfectly convenient. Yeah. Way too convenient. But yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Way too convenient. Way too easy. But um, we'll get into it if you just wanna wanna get into it. When we first start out, Connor's making Alicia a steak, and he's got Jack sent off somewhere, and he's saying that he makes sure everybody has a hot meal every night, and he's kind of vetting her, right? Is that what you got from it? That's what's supposed to be going on, yes. Right. And I Fall to Pieces is playing. Patsy Cline. In the background, which it was like, if you had taken the Abigail and then taken the antithesis of the Abigail, that's what you would have had. 
Yeah. In this other situation. It was like an older ship. Oh, yeah, much older. And he was cooking in a cast iron skillet. It looked like he really knew what he was doing, though. It looked like they had some old dated wood cabinets. Yes. Yeah. In an old dated wood kitchen. Right. On an old dated wood, well, not a wood ship, but an old. No, old I thought ship. it was a wood ship, though, until she walked outside, didn't you? It was because a ship in. It, it was a ship in dry dock. Yeah, um, but he he was making her this steak, and he was pretty pretty proficient with cooking. It looked like, and he was acting like he he made sure everybody had a well. He said that he made sure everybody had a hot meal every night, but we see signs that tell us later that. That's probably not true. Remember, Jack was like, just a little bit later, Jack was like, he made you a steak. Do you always have this impression yeah, on people? Right. And then the pregnant girl comes up and takes her steak. Right. Because, I mean, if you got steak every night or three times a week, you're not probably going to come up. Yeah, unless you're just trying to show dominance. Made his earlier, earlier statement uh, seem improbable. Right. Like, right. So, what do you think he was doing? Was there some kind of hidden meaning to that? Was he like attracted to Alicia? Is that what we were supposed to think? Was he I wanting have, her? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. That's what, See, that's the kind of thing. We saw all these hints to this scene, like he was saying it was one way, kind of, but everybody else kind of behaved as if it was another way, and that he was treating her special, but then it didn't go anywhere. We didn't get to see anything with that, so it felt kind of wasted. What was the point? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Of doing that, that whole there, thing. There wasn't much of a point. Just they could contradict themselves later. Well, yeah. And I guess maybe just to show us that that's not how he normally treated people, but who cares if he's going to die yeah, I mean, in this episode 45 wasn't minutes. really well done. I was just trying to make the best of it. <laughs> yeah. But there was definitely a different atmosphere on this ship than the Abigail. Well, and yeah, of course. Yeah. I noted that I can see why they wanted the Abigail. And that was before I knew that it was... Well, this was a not a seagoing ship. This was just a right. ship they're using as a house. Yeah, why? And well, can you imagine somebody trying to get in? I mean, how could any zombies get in it? They couldn't. Okay. I mean, it, okay, it, I guess it, that makes it'd sense. be as good a place to to stay as far as safety goes... As uh, a prison. Well, there was a way in it, though, right? Just a yeah, but it's closed. Dock. It was closed off. I mean, there was no. There was no way that the, a herd of zombies could cause these people any much distress. So this wasn't their their place, though, right? This was their living space. It couldn't have been, though, because they were following them, according to Strand. They had boats. Which was not their living space. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I see. That makes sense, I guess. So they Don't had. Don't you remember those boats that were tied Yeah, up? you're right. So they lived in this big dry docked boat. Yes. And, and they traveled on the smaller traveled boats. Traveled and pirated stuff. Used, okay, all right. That makes more sense. They used now. the big dry dock boat as their base of operation. Well, Alicia wants to know where Jack is. So Jack's left her with Connor. And then she wants to know where Travis is, and did they take her family to land? And to Connor's credit, he doesn't say they did. He just kind of ignores her questions. Yeah. But I'm not sure what kind of comfort you think that's going to give somebody 
when they're asking things. I mean, she's been away from her family, we're to assume, what, a couple hours maybe? Uh, not long. Not very long. And so it's not like their memories had time to fade or something like that. You know, mm. of course she's going to be upset. But but the power goes out on the boat. The generator stops. So Connor has to get up and leave. And when he does, this is where the pregnant girl gets up and takes her stake. Yeah, Alicia gets outside. one bite. And the pregnant girl takes off, locks the door. And then Alicia gets out of the room and gets outside. Right. And that's when you figure out that they're on a big ship in a dry dock. And then we go to commercial. Yeah, we go to the intro there. And we come back, and Jack is telling Alicia that she shouldn't be outside, and he walks her back inside, and he's kind of scolding her. And Alicia tells Jack that Connor made her the steak. That's where she tells him. And yeah, that's where he acts kind of surprised. Yeah, he's like impressed with that she got a steak. And she wants to see Travis, but Jack won't go against Connor here. Now, this is another thing. He won't go against Connor, but within 30 minutes, he's going against Connor and ready to give everything up. And Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little... Uh Flip-floppy, yeah. back-and-forth written, this this one is. Kind of convoluted, I felt like. It did have a couple good points, so I'm going to try not to be just negative in the whole thing. But she wants to know, did her family make it to land? And he says, you know, he throws that out again, do you trust me? You know, okay, so you've kidnapped me, you brought me to my boat, you lured me, you found out everything you could, you deceived me. Yeah, you won't answer a really important question, and now right. you're asking, answering a question with a question. But he says he'll find out. So then we go to that scene with Reed and Daniel and Chris. Now, what did you think about that? When they're first... Reed's sitting there with this skewer, this sword, through his... Abdomen. Yeah, close to his liver area, it looked like to me. Yeah, over to the side. Just a flesh wound. (laughs) It was not a flesh wound. You got a crowbar sticking through you. That's pretty bad. Yeah. But Reed's a tough guy. Even in this situation. Yeah, he's acting like a tough guy. He's, uh, Reed's not that tough. What's Daniel doing? Just dabbing around the Dabbing crowbar? around the... It was a sword, right? Was it a... It was a crowbar. It was a Okay. Some kind of pry bar. Okay, I thought like. it was a sword of some yeah. kind. Um, I don't think he was doing much good as far as helping injured Reed. I couldn't tell. He... he did pretty well shutting him up with whatever it was he it was put on iodine. there. Yeah, his, yeah, he had the best line though when he Reed was threatening him, smugly threatening him, and then he told Reed that uh, the people that he had known in the past who inspired fear had one thing in common that he didn't have, and that was I didn't have to tell you how frightening they were. Right. So that was a great line. Yeah, that was that was a good line, and it was kind of foretelling of Daniel and some of the things that he's I don't know they kind of remind us again and again about Daniel and the things that he's done and been through I think Daniel's had some experiences yeah with uh, with, with those kinds of, of things he's been in this arena before this uh, you know people being held captive and being tortured and had been uh, he, he's, he's no stranger to violence right and poor old Chris, you know, I'm starting to feel sorry for Chris. He's just so awkward, and um, he's just... Uh, I don't know what to think of Chris, honestly. I don't know what to think of it. But we'll, I guess, talk about that in a minute. But Daniel, I mean, but Reed was being so 
overt. When Connor gets here, he's going to tear your daughter to pieces. Saying this to Daniel. Well, no, he like said that. he's going to tear his daughter to pieces. He didn't say Connor was going to do it. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said, when Connor cuts me loose, You're right. I'm going to take right. your daughter apart. You're right. He did say that. Well, Daniel gets up to leave, and Chris follows him out the door. He actually kind of makes Chris follow him out the door. And he's kind of tried to shoo Chris away anyway, and Chris didn't want to go. He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, even though he's reads really trying to push Chris's buttons. And he does. He does. He does. He's pushing Daniel. He tried to push Daniel's buttons, too, but he doesn't push Daniel's buttons. Daniel got the information he wanted out of Reed. He says that a little bit later on. Yeah, da yeah Daniel knows what he's doing. He's, like I said, and, and he's shown us, he's had some experience in, in this arena. Well, he leaves Chris outside the door. He tells Chris, you know, Chris wants to stay, and he says, stay outside the door. So he goes up, and he's talking to Maddie and telling her, essentially, the information he got from Reed. And this is where Louise comes up, and he's saying they got to go south. And he's Yeah, Maddie playing. turned the boat. Yeah, right, right. She turned the boat toward north. the direction that they, they went, went back north. With, they, they're right. going to go get their family because um, – Daniel found the cluster of boats on the on the radar. Right. And so they turned around and headed for that cluster of boats, hoping that that was the five boats that uh, they were talking about. Well, Louise is saying that he goes over to Strand, and he starts talking to Strand about, you know, he's only got the money for two of them, and we still haven't figured that out, right? He's only got the money to get two. Is it passage once they get there i you know in the water there's no passage to mexico you can you can just hit the beach no, anywhere in mexico sure. but what i mean is once they land is it passage from the water to the baja house uh that would have to be it yeah I mean, that's all i can think of yeah they haven't made it real clear to me but louise is very adamant that he only has the money for two to get two people there safely but strand says everything's a negotiation right everything's a negotiation so then we see jack and he's telling alicia essentially how to find people connect with them and do what he did to her well first they target the vessel and then how to and then, then they make contact with them and then like you said do what they did to her. Right. He's telling her that that's essentially her job now because she connected with him and she's got to kind of pull her own way there. And they're going over how to pick the vessel. Now, did you think anything about that conversation that they had? Uh, No, we're... How it's just life and maybe that's how life always was. Well, he said this one lives, this one dies. Right. It's how it is now. And she said maybe it's... That's the way it's been always. Right. And they start talking about, you You feel like if you do the right things, eat the right foods, and wear your seatbelt, that be everything's going to be safe. Yeah, and it's just not. I wonder what kind of realization that is for kids, people that age. Well, that's the way life is, whether you're in a zombie apocalypse or not, I think, don't you? I do. I really do think, but remember when you're 17 and you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof? I was 12 foot tall. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just think at that age, that realization would be maybe more tragic. 
it's a little sobering, and of course uh, you have to you know grow up a little quicker. The end of the innocence, as Don Henley would say. And that's what he says. You want me to sing it? it? No. 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 You cut. You edit my best stuff out. You know that. The singing. Sure. Well, then we see Travis, and he's in a cage, and Alex comes walking up. The girl that was cut loose with the little boy. The boy. She's got a new hairstyle. And she's looking pretty good. Then we go to commercial, and we come back from the commercial, and she's telling Travis how horrible it was and what she had to do to that burned boy and how she had to kill him. He essentially said, don't let me drown. Don't. And this is where Travis should have said, that's right, and I'm really sorry the guy cut the rope, but... You incredible moron, you. Don't you see what happened? How are we supposed to know that you are you and these people came up on a boat and they got on the boat and they tried to take over our boat? This is the way we have to protect ourselves. Okay, and not only that, I completely agree with that. But even if we didn't bring this other situation in, she says... Essentially, she says, this was not Alicia's fault. I gave them the Abigail. When they found me, I gave, I told them everything about you and where you were and everything. And then she says, and I wanted you. So, the guy who, Maddie was going to just not even let her. No, they were going to be turned away. And this right. is the guy who kept at them least. at least in a in a boat. Yeah. She had the thing all backwards. Right. And she didn't want Strand, who walked out there. She watched him walk out there with a little hatchet or a knife or something and chop her loose. But she wanted Travis. That didn't make any sense. No, that's one of the parts of the story that was really poorly put together. She said, well, she said, and I just, I'm sorry, I just don't buy this crap. She's like, I saw it in your eyes that you knew the right thing and you didn't do it. Meaning, I guess, that everybody else didn't know the right thing. Yeah, she made this big drama speech thing to Travis, and it just didn't it didn't really go over well. It didn't, no. Didn't, didn't wash with No, and, and I like her. I think she's, you know, really good, and I think she's good at this role. But that was like this weird displaced anger that I just didn't understand or get. She's pretty hot. If it weren't for Martha on the Americans, she'd be my girlfriend. Martha and Elizabeth? Well, Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth is the wife. You know, the girlfriend is the girlfriend. Well, Maddie and Strand are talking, and Strand gets up, and he takes the wheel, finally. Strand's been down. Maddie said earlier she... Are you starting to like Strand? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I do. He's He's simple to read, right? You know what Strand's going to do. So, I mean, part of me appreciates that. He's not letting anybody on that boat. They're not getting on the boat. Somebody else gets them on the boat, he's getting them off the boat. They're not getting on there. So you can at least appreciate his consistency in it. I also think his his work with these poorly written lines at times, I mean, if we're being honest, he turns them into something better than the other actors seem to be able to do. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that when Maddie went back and got him and brought him back to the boat and she saved his life. She guaranteed that he was going to take her back to get the, take, uh, take the boat back to get well, her she family. She pointed out earlier when Luis was, you know, 
was yelling and well, everything. Well, she asked him, she goes, should I have left you in the water? <laughs> right. She, right. She essentially wanted him to agree with her, and he did. He said, you have half a day. And I think Strands developed the respect for Maddie. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But we still haven't seen he, him and Daniel have it out over Daniel taking that clip, which is what caused this whole thing. No, not yet. And I'm... Kind of I wonder if that's even coming. I don't know. That needs to come because that's important. That was the cause of this whole thing. This whole thing. Well, actually, Chris letting him on the boat was the cause of the whole thing. Yeah, but, but like I mean, Nick said, how do you shoot a pregnant Yeah, woman? that was with blood running down her leg, and there's two young boys in the boat in a life raft. I mean, come on. That was, I don't know. But Maddie's mad that Strand sent Nick on that mission. And I thought Strand said a great thing right there. Do you remember what he said? He saw Nick's potential in the first five minutes he knew him, and that's when he was withdrawing, and Maddie's been hovering over him for 19 years. And still doesn't know what he's capable of. And she said, oh, I know what he's capable of when he's, and she thinks he's starting to, I think, uh, suggest that he's, having um, uh, user tendencies again. Is that what she meant? Is it, or what? Okay, that's what it seemed like, but that doesn't make any sense. That, that makes no sense. No, it doesn't, because there aren't any drugs out there but as maybe, far as I know. maybe what she thinks is, you know how the story is anyway, that an addict will trade one addiction for another addiction. And maybe she is worried and she's a counselor in the school, so maybe she knows this kind of stuff, at least in theory. And maybe she's afraid that Nick is trading his drug addiction for addiction to the thrill of the situation and stuff like that. Because she brought that up. Maybe, but, you know, that would be a bad addiction to have in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, I mean... Because he's I, performing flawlessly. I mean, he is. He went on shore, he found Luis, he got him out there. I mean, he's really... He's done really well. He's, he's he's done all of his assignments really, really well. And everything that Strand, all the confidence that Strand has in him, I think is well placed. I think he's he's probably um, one of the standout characters in this show, don't you think? I absolutely do think Nick is a standout character, but I understand as a mother how you could worry about something like that. But having said all that, I think that would be a good twist to the story. But that, if that's what they were thinking, but they've got to make that better known. They've got to make that clearer if Maddie's worried about him trading the drugs for adrenaline in place of being a drug junkie and adrenaline junkie in this time. If that's what they were saying, I just think they have to make it a little bit better known. Well, then we go back to Jack and Alicia, and this is where Jack sees the Abigail coming up because they're they're numbering, they're uh, assigning names to the boats, and the Abigail comes back up on the radar. And Alicia knows that they have not had time to take her family and drop them off on land. Yeah, and do... Uh, what they said they were going to do, the boat's in too early. So she just kicks Jack's butt with a all clipboard over the boat. now. <laughs> she she's beats him with a clipboard. Yeah, she is not playing. He tackles her. 
Yeah, but this is where he agrees to go with her. I mean, and here, oh, I don't want to do this, but here again, suddenly, I've got to find my family. Well, so you think that if they killed your family, then you got to find them, right? Because she didn't have to find them 45 minutes ago when they were supposed to be put out on land. Yeah, I mean, it just, like I said, they didn't put this story together great. Trying to make the best of it. Well, he offers to go with her and help her here. And my, my questions are, why now? Why wouldn't he have helped her before? And he can't be surprised at the way she's reacting to this situation. He shouldn't be. Particularly after... She first of all, everything she said to him on the on the walkie talkie thing indicated that she was pretty loyal to her family, I think, and you know had a pretty good deal going on. And I don't know what she has to hit him in the head with a clipboard, and then he agrees to take her back, take her to find her family, I guess. Or do you think he thought that she wouldn't be smart enough to know that they hadn't had time to drop her family off and make it back? She wouldn't be smart enough to know. Right. Because he wouldn't tell her anything at first about it. And but she kinda oh, deduced I can't. it. It's so poorly written here, I can't yeah. I can't get into any of this really. Well then we go to Maddie and she's talking to Nick and scolding him about going on that run, that run that he did. And Nick's sitting there, what, like cleaning his gun or something? He's he's uh, kind of awkwardly messing with a gun, and um, how old is Nick supposed to he's be? He's nineteen. Remember? He's nineteen, and Maddie's supposed to still be treating him like he's twelve. Well, he's nineteen-year-old drug addict. Okay, is... but he's not high. No, he's not. And he's sitting there with a loaded firearm. <laughs> yep. And he looks like he's you know figuring it out. I like Nick. I do, too. But this is where Maddie says he's too comfortable with the gun. And he said he's not. <laughs> right. And and he didn't seem that comfortable with it. Did no, he? he didn't. I mean, he did, but he didn't. I mean, he, he, he seemed like somebody who wanted to seem comfortable with a gun who Ex- was not. Exactly. So Daniel and Strand are looking in binoculars, and they come up on the boat. So they've already made it back. They found these people. So these people took off with Alicia and Travis, and it hasn't taken them. Maddie just wanted half a day. So what, four, four, six hours? Yeah, to get back to, get to them, the little, little get them back. harbor where they're hiding. But they come up on the boat, and then we go to commercial. We come back, and Travis is saying he has a son. So he and Alex are having this conversation, and Travis is all kind of... Do you think he was trying to justify himself with Alex? I think he was just trying to survive, trying to Or do you think he was trying to make her appeal to her sense of compassion, I okay. think. But he's talking about how he tries hard not to be a part of this stuff because he knew how his actions would change Chris and all this kind of stuff and he can't tell Alex what she wants to hear and but he said, Strand cut the rope, 
essentially, but I cut the rope because I didn't stop him or something like that. First of all, no, or he didn't let him on the boat or something, but he had already told her he was going to turn. He's trying to take some kind of acceptance of responsibility for what happened. And you don't think he actually felt that. You think he was just trying to... I think he did feel it. I think when he was talking to Maddie and so mad at Strand at the beginning of last episode. I, I agree, but he's trying to he's trying to communicate his acceptance of responsibility to Alex and let her know, hey, look, I know who did it, but I want you to know I feel like I did it too. Right. And I know that you strangled that young man, but I want you to feel I want you to know that I feel like I'm responsible for that too. Well, right, and he also said to her too that he did the same thing to Chris's mom. Right. And he understands, but they can all be better people. Just like this kind of weird touching conversation. And then she says, when Connor picked me up, he said he could use me. And then she said, nobody uses me. I mean, I, I don't know. I and don't, I don't out, know of, out of what, that's okay as long as you follow it up with some kind of story. If she had then turned Travis loose to take over the boat or whatever, right, to do something, then it would be like Connor thinks he can tell, you know, whatever. Yeah, but she just turned and walked away. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. that didn't go anywhere either. So then we go back to Reed and Chris, and Reed's mocking Chris through the door. <laughs> How you doing out there, sunshine? Yeah. This is just a scratch. <laughs> it ain't a scratch. Jack has plans for your sister, or no, no, he says, my brother has plans for your sister, didn't he, Mm -hmm. Connor? And then he goes, and you don't look like the rest of your family. I mean, he's just like going on, they'll abandon you and, you know, whatever. He's working working on Chris pretty hard. These people you call family will put you down like a stray. And Nick walks up and asks if Chris is okay, and he keeps asking him, and this is where Chris, he's feeling bad. Don't you think? And he's like, this is my fault. My dad's gone. Alicia's gone because I didn't fire on these people. But Nick tells him, you can't feel bad about that. Yeah, and he says, look, oh, and nobody would have shot a pregnant woman. No. And But then Chris said, I want to make up for it. And that's when you know he's going to be popping Reed pretty soon. Yeah, I figured he would probably do something. I made a note of it, but just that was bad. So Jack brings Alicia to Travis, and Alicia tells Travis about their plan to leave, essentially, and that they'll come get Travis. And, and Travis, Travis said, if you like, got a way out, just take it. Travis is throwing himself on the sword here and tells her, you get out. And she's she like, says, no, we're coming back. Right. And Travis says, your mom will never forgive me if, you know. And she's like, well, she won't forgive me either if I don't bring you back. So they leave. We go to commercial and we come back, and Strand and Maddie are looking out the window with binoculars when Connor comes on the radio talking to Reed, thinking he's talking to Reed on the ship's radio because Connor's seen the Abigail now that's come up. And he he assumes that Reed's at the helm. Sure. Well, Maddie gets on the radio and tells him he can have his brother when she gets her family, and he wants to talk to Reed, but she says, he's alive, you want him trade, and they do this one hour. Why, Why an hour? I don't know. They're right there. They're seeing each other. That's a great question. It was just like, um, remember that episode of The Office where, I I don't even remember, it just now dawned on me, but where 
Michael Scott was talking, and he was like putting down an ultimatum, and he's like, you've got one hour. And he was saying that, and somebody goes, well, why, what do you mean an hour? And he goes, I don't know, that's just what they always say. You've got you've got one hour. And that's kind of what that felt like. I okay. I remember that, yeah. Okay, in one hour, we're going to trade. And this is where Nick volunteers to go. Yeah, like it's obvious. He's the obvious pick, and it is. And I love that scene. I did. Now, that was a good scene because Nick's like, I'll go, I'll go. You know, but it was it was great the way he did that. Nick's a good he's good at this. This is good, I think, with Nick. And Maddie gets on the thing and says, I'll be the one going. And I just you know, you just want to go, what? I mean, like I said, I'm a mom and I understand. Well, remember when she goes, she's taking a gun. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get back to that. And then we hear a gunshot. Bam. So Chris is in the hallway saying that Reed was going to turn. Yeah, and he's blown out the side of his jaw. So Louise comes in the room and says, that's it. We're going south. It's over. over, It's done. And Daniel says, nothing's done. So Maddie goes in to see Chris, and Chris is saying that he was sick and he was going to turn. And Maddie wants to know whose gun it was. And Chris says it was Reed's gun. Yeah, he had picked it up off the deck. And then they can hear Louie arguing, saying that they have to go south now because their trade was just shot. Yeah, and uh, Chris hears that and thinks that... He just screwed everything up. And and he did. Almost. Well, yeah. I mean, he kind of, you know, certainly for the other side, he screwed it up. But Maddie says they'll figure it out. So Connor and his minions are tying Travis up and putting the hood over his head. Um, I think they're just like, at this point, they're just like trying to make everybody as seasick as possible, right? (laughs) You know, just like throw off the equilibrium. We don't want to like do anything to chafe his skin or anything, but but we'll just stick a hood over their head, which is funny. But they're telling him he's going to go see his family. So Ophelia and Nick are cleaning up Reed's blood, and Reed starts snarling. Yeah, Reed starts really turning, which tells us that that he wasn't turning before. Right, right. That Chris just decided to shoot him in the face. It sure does. It sure does tell us that, because if he had been turning, and he stopped turning when Chris shot him, then that shot would have... Killed, killed the zombie. Sure, but it didn't. But it didn't. And he wasn't dead before. That's right. So Daniel comes in, and he's like, oh, wait, perfect, good idea. And, and he skewers into him into the wall so they can use him. Then we go to commercial, and we come back, and they're putting his bag over zombie Reed's head. Right, so he can't see where they're going. <laughs> yeah, to throw off poor little... Well, I actually, mean, that's a more obvious choice than to put a absolutely. bag over Travis's absolutely. head because it hid the wound. And I guess that tells us why they did that the whole time, I think, right? Because they knew that was coming up and they knew that that would not play out any other way. So that tells us why, but it just, you know, you picture the zombies and their their equilibrium so thrown off anyway, their gait so unsteady, and then you put a bag over their head. That would be, like, just the meanest thing to do, like, to a horde of zombies, The meanest right? thing to do to a zombie is put bags on just their heads? put bags on top of their heads. You know, that may be something that Rick and the gang should be clued in Maybe. about. Maybe. And then Jack comes in, and he's looking for Alicia, and she hides from him. Explain that to me. You know, that might be an effective way 
to combat zombies. Just, just take a, a bunch of bags, keep a bunch of bags with you, and when they surround you, start putting them on their heads. Right. And they, they won't know where to go. They won't. They won't know where to go. And they can't really bite you through them, I no, don't think. No, and you can twist them around and, and spin them in other directions. And yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. That is really that's a good mean, idea. That's mean, though. No, the zombies don't know. Well, okay. So, why was Alicia hidden from Jack? They'd made the plans to get out later, but when Jack comes looking for her, she hides from him in the cabinet. I think she had changed her mind. Changed her mind about leaving with Jack? Yeah. That night? Yeah. Because she didn't know her parents were coming back. Yeah, but she changed her mind so she could get by Jack. What other reason could there be? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but there's a lot in this one that doesn't make any sense. Well, Maddie and Zombie Reed get on the Zodiac, and they start heading out. And Nick and Strand are on the lookout, and they can only see Travis. And Nick and Strand have formed a, a formidable team, don't you think? Yeah, I do think. The pregnant girl is upset because Alicia made Jack, hurt, broke Jack's heart or something. I mean, what, she comes down there, and she, like, takes out that baton, right? Yeah, expandable baton. They call it a, uh, oh, the brand name is usually an asp, and you can get them where they're, they they jut out on their own, or you have to sling them out, or you push a button, and, and you can, you know, you can, you can compress them again, but it's a force multiplier is what that thing is, and if you've ever been hit with one, you will understand what I'm talking about. So what do they call them on Rossville Boulevard? Uh, <laughs> well, that's funny. Uh, what an ass whooping stick! I think that's what yeah. I heard it called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Alicia just takes it away from her and throws her in the cage. Alicia's done. She's like, I'm not playing with you anymore. I've tolerated this and whatever for as long as I'm going to. So they go to do the swap, and Maddie comes up, and you said she's got the gun here. I didn't notice the gun twice. We watched it, but you did. She was getting in the Zodiac, and she she did the Clint Eastwood chamber around. You know, she grabbed yeah, she grabbed the slide, and and she chambered around and stuck it in her little back, uh, small of her back. You know, just like all the tough guys do, and then uh, jumped in the Zodiac and took off toward you know points unknown. And then when she gets out on the dock. How did she get Zombie Reed out of that Zodiac, too? Did we see that? Because that would be difficult. Well, she to just told him, told him where to step and, and watch your step, Reed, and be real careful. And I would think that would be a hard thing to do. Step up now, Reed. But Connor's out there, and he's like, you know, let's trade. Because she's like, where's Alicia? And he's like, well, we're going to, you know, do all this, but let me get my brother back. So she pushes Zombie Reed After she Connor. cuts him loose. Right. And... Reed bites Connor. Yeah, he t- he takes the mat the the bag off of his head and then just kind of stands there. Now see these guys coming out to do this trade. And there was three of them. They would be heavily armed. They they wouldn't just walk out there. And there's but three of there them. There are there are three of them, and they would have been armed. And of course, Reed takes a bite out of Connor's arm before anybody can do anything. Then he's Biting the other guy on the neck, and of course the one guy takes off toward Travis, who apparently turns into Jackie Chan. He does a mighty headbutt. Yeah, you got to be careful of those headbutts. You can put yourself out with those things. (laughs) 
But that was pretty, but he can't do anything else because his hands are still bound. But Maddie quickly cuts his hands loose. And meanwhile, Alicia's running up on the top deck and sees what Just like going they had on. started right after. Remember when she got away from yes. eating the steak? She finds herself in a similar yeah. situation on the top deck of that boat with Jack. Jack. Now, this is where I felt sorry for Jack. Because I don't think Jack wanted to be there either. I don't think Jack wanted that situation. Jack's also a little stupid here. Or the writers are a little stupid when they give Jack this line. These people abandon Alex, and they'll abandon you. Hold up there, bucko. These people are my family, and they didn't abandon Alex. Alex got on our boat, and they didn't let her on the boat, and they tied her up in a tied tied up her boat and pulled her boat, and they didn't abandon Alex. The Strand, well, Mr. Strand, Paranoid, yeah. cut him loose, and this is my mother who has now come back here for me, right, and there she is right there, and oh, by the way, I'm going with her. Yeah. So that's a stupid line. They abandon Alex, they'll, ab- they'll abandon I, you. Yeah, I think he just wanted to be with her, and that was the well, best Of course he, he did. That, that was the best uh, Well, he yeah, had. it's probably the best good-looking girl he's ever been out with. And, you know, he, he plucked her off the water, and somehow she didn't claw his eyes out yeah, but when now, she had a chance. But, but they kidnapped her, and I mean, that's yeah, kind they of kid- the part that... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but he's he's this is it's it's poorly done. Here. I also did not like Alicia sliding off the back of that boat, having no idea what was underneath that. So she just does this like stunt move. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel, and I hope I don't hit the dock. I hope they hit yeah, the water. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah, it was a little unbelievable. And Travis and Maddie are just right there. And they pick her up. And then we go to commercial and it's done. And next week we see Strands talking to everyone about Louise taking payments to someone and they're on their way to the Baja. And they're going to hide on the boat. So apparently they have somebody boarding the boat, count heads or whatever. I don't know. That's what's what I figured. So we got something going on. Well, they are, yeah, but there's always something going on. They're always deceiving you when they show you those upcoming <laughs> scenes. I know. I know you don't like Every those. one. Every time. Well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our Fear the Walking prequel podcast. So, Mike, if you At can... Mike from TN. <laughs> How'd you know what I was going to ask? Well, I've heard... You're used to it? Yeah, it's like okay. deja vu. Okay, so <laughs> if you guys want to talk to Mike, uh, message him on Twitter at Mike from TN, and I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like how much gripping we're doing about this show tonight. We don't normally gripe about We don't. Things. We don't. I don't know if it just hit me wrong. I don't I don't know, but I just I just had well, so Well, tell us what much. you think. I mean, you know, at Mike from TN, at Michelle from TN, we thought it was kind of, uh, you know, Poorly yeah. put together, and we tried to like it and yeah. tried to make the best of it and tried to be positive and upbeat, but this one was really kind of one thing after another. Uh, it just felt like, to me, it felt like a, a distraction from the mission, and it just didn't seem to have any reason for it. to Yeah, go they were pretty much just using it as filler. I That's agree. what it yeah. felt like to me, yeah. But let's quit beating them up. And we're, okay. we, we're, we're, but let us know if you feel different. I would like to know if you feel different about it because I know some people do. Some people really do feel different about it. And by the way, uh, fear, uh, fear the Talking Dead, 
the Chris Hardwick show that comes on. We didn't get to watch it this week. We had a lot going on in the last 24 hours. But I really like that show. I do, too. I like Hardwick. I, I really like that guy. He's, uh, he's He does a fantastic job, and he seems to be just perfect he really for does that for particular this. forum. He also does a the Talking Dead, and he also does Talking Saul, for Better Call Saul. He's got yeah. the after shows yeah. and all these different things, and I really, really like that. We haven't talked about that yet. But. He's quick. He's witty. Uh, he, I, I, like everything, I like everything he does. I, I do, too. I think I like his show probably better than, <laughs> than well, Fear. Well, we didn't see it this time, but, but maybe. But... Um, of course, all of this information that I just said is on tribalrad.com where you can email us or leave us a message. And we really would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Tell us why we're wrong and why this is the greatest show on earth. And this was the greatest episode. Don't forget that we have a Survivor podcast that we do every week. There's only a couple more weeks of that left. And check it out on Tribal Rant. It's called The Tribe Has Spoken. We have an Americans podcast here on Tribal Rants called American Reds. It's one of our very favorite TV shows. We just started podcasting it this year, so check out our American Reds podcast if you're into the American. We got married in the 80s, so we're kind of partial to the 80s. We loved Ronald Reagan, and we're all about the 80s. So, so if you don't have anything else about Episode 5, Captive, next week, Episode 6... And I'm going to butcher this. I can barely speak the English language, much less this. Sikut Shirvus. So they made it to the Baja. That is actually, that's what it's called, only that's probably not at all what it's called, but that's as close as I can get to what it's called next time. Which is, it looks like it is a text taken from Psalms 41.2. It's the word, Sikut is the word as, Shervus is the deer, and it's the verse, as the deer panteth for water. Pants for water, so I pant for... Um, my soul longs for my you, My soul longs God, for you, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, That's a great scripture, too, Yes, it is. Uh, it's from the Clementine Latin Vulgate Bible. That's where I got the... The translation, but it's also like in a song. So I'm not real sure how that's going to play into. It's just the words to what I was showing you, but it's put to music. And I'm not sure. I don't know that we could have anything that would surprise me more than a Psalms for our next (laughs) title to this fear. Or if a band of crazed Baptist preachers show up and try to take over the Abigail? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but that does seem interesting to me, and I'm interested how they're going to work that in. Let's, so, let's just we'll wait till next week. We'll see you next week. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.